I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Back on time this week. Hello. The A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. We were just discussing off air, Andy, weren't we? We had some fantastic discussions off air, don't we? Off the record, so to speak. Um, we we're just discussing how we probably just shouldn't, shouldn't communicate with one another between episodes. Between Wednesdays, yeah. But then it'd be very hard to fit it into an hour's episode, wouldn't it? Yeah. And also, so. we wouldn't be able to talk to each other on a Saturday or a Sunday. No, it'd be quite awkward, wouldn't yeah. it? And uh, yeah, it would be quite awkward. Um, yeah, and there's also many things we discuss which we wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to make the air, would, would they? No, unfortunately not. Like we, no. you know, we we STS as last week's episode was called. Um, but sometimes it's just too much for the general public to handle. I so. think it would be. Yeah, um, I think we'd be in prison. Well, yeah. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Maybe I would be. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, another episode, another week on the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast, and uh, I'm going to start because you never seem to want to know what I've been up to, Andy. You tell me, what have you been up to what? this week? Oh, God, what have I been up to? I've said it every week, that I just don't do anything completely riveting, but because you don't want to hear about how f- how my fireworks night went, so we did a How f- did it go? Was it a success? Yeah, it was a good success, yeah. The f- my father-in-law, very good How's man. Rocky with uh, fireworks? Uh, on and off. Some years he's funny, other years he's not. This year he was all right as long as Lindsay was sat with him. Wow. It's interesting how your dog's turned heel on you, isn't it? Yeah, but he's, he's coming round. He's coming back round again. Okay. Yeah. And how's Lindsay towards your dog? Oh, she loves him, yeah. Yeah, one of the reasons why she fell in love with me, I think, was because of Rocky. So. Okay. Yeah. And even after Poppy, no problem? No, no problem, no. Okay. Still very much. I feel Simba's moved down a bit in the pecking order since Calvin came along. Is he really, yeah? Yeah. I took him to a vet yesterday. What, Just Calvin? Week, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Very good. Yeah. Go on. No, I just took him to a vet. He had his annual checkup. Oh, did he? It's really funny review. how, like, they all know, don't they, when they come to the vets, mm-hmm. like, they know, like, the Simba just started legging it in the other direction. Like, he was on the lead and he saw the, t- saw the, the till because yeah. he's, like, connected to the pet shop. Sure. And, uh, pets at home. Pets at home, yeah, that's the one. Mm. And he just started running off in the other direction. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to come here, Dad. Yeah. And they, uh, do you know what the vet said to me? What did he say? It was a she. She? Just assumed. <laughs> I did. That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the vet said to me, the vet was like, oh, is he, uh, is he not a fan of brushing? I couldn't be like, well, his mum's the one that used to brush him, but we have a child now and she's not that interested in him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so he's suffering from neglect. He's not at all, actually. He's getting more love than ever. Because you've I got makeup for it. Yeah. 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 But it's nice, though, because our bond has strengthened even further. Good. So That's nice. Yeah. yeah love my boys. Yeah. Rocky had a... Uh, what's that cough? Kennel cough. Oh, really? He had kennel cough, didn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. we always turn that... Uh, this is a life podcast, isn't it? It's not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be a, a bit live of everything, podcast. A bit but of yeah. everything. So, because we always turn down the uh, the kennel cough uh, vaccine. Yeah, because it's yeah. like a thing it's up the nose, right? Yeah, but I think there's loads of different because stra- they did offer it to us. So he got chased by a bigger dog, but a far younger dog at the park. He got beaten up by a little boy. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then a couple of days later, he had a really bad cough, and I was really concerned because he's got a bit of a heart murmur. We took him to the vets. And this was a Saturday night. We just come back from. Have we gone through this? Maybe we have. Maybe we haven't. But anyway, I took him to the vet on the Sunday, didn't I? And uh, they said he got kennel cough. Um, and 
he'd have caught, probably caught that from the dog he was being chased by. But I was really worried because he's got a heart murmur. Because I was concerned it was that. I was concerned that it got far worse. That's why he kept coughing. But it wasn't. It was kennel coughing. It's taken 10 days or so. Maybe over two weeks or so to, to clear up now. But he's all right. I'm glad he's back on the mend. Are you on the mend? Yeah, I'm a lot better than I was last week. I don't have to put tissue up my nose anymore. Or I don't think you need to put tissue up your nose anyway. So I had this discussion, right, with Craig. So every time you wake up with a cold and you've got a runny nose, it's a horrible feeling, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a horrible feeling. Your nose is all, like, crusty. It's gross. But if you put tissue up your nose and then a couple of times swap it in and out but okay, so here's throughout the night, throughout the night you will find you don't wake up with that same crusty, blocked up sensation. Well, you were just in the daytime just with tissue up your nose. I've seen you walking around many times in the daytime with tissue Well, yeah, because you know. I soon work out it's just a good thing rather than keep blowing well, your nose what, here's, what your my, here's what I would ask. I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk about my snotty nose. Well, I, after I posted those controversial pictures, I leaked those <laughs> images on, on Twitter. It's been a topic of conversation, really. Yeah, a few people um, have asked me about it. Yeah. So, But, like, surely when you've got a cold, your nose is blocked up and you have trouble breathing and you want to clear your air and surely sticking toilet paper up your nose does not help that process. Oh, I see. I seem to be all right. I've worked out how to do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we need to do a Twitter poll. <laughs> who else? Who else who listens to the I bet no one else does, but podcast? they might give it a go and go, oh, actually, this works quite well. We'll see, won't we? You, you might have started a new uh, a new trend. Imagine yeah. that. There's, an, there's an invention. The there's an invention in it somewhere. <laughs> That someone's going to get rich from, but I don't know. I don't know where, but that's the idea. That's the blueprint. I can it's see you going on a, on Dragon's, Dragon's Den. Den. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just this uh, little capsule thing. Yeah, it like just slides underneath the nostrils. Yeah, it's not. Deborah Meadum would be like, "We'll make it you invisible. look ridiculous, boy. <laughs> yeah, you, look you, ridiculous. Make you make it invisible. You make it invisible. Invisible. You make it. <laughs> and my sound levels okay because it sounds a bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just my voice is a little bit hoarse. Just getting embarrassed. It is interesting, though, that that was just a child's go-to line, wasn't it? We'll just make it invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean invisible. It's clear. <sighs> Subtle. I can't think of the word, but you know what I mean. We'll turn it into a fashion accessory. Yeah. Mm. There you go. It could be like a a nose ring. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, the ends go up the nose, and then it comes out in a nice little nose ring. That'd be gross. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Decor. Mm. Um, anyway... Enough of that, and we've just given away the idea. That's it, yeah. Someone's going to get a, become a millionaire now. Billionaire, probably. Yeah. I think you shouldn't. I think I think you should go on Dragon's Den. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll come up with something. Um, so, what have you been up to, Andy? What have oh, you thanks been up for to? asking, mate. <laughs> well, we had the cockpit on Sunday. Well, we had the cockpit on Sunday. Yep. And how did that go? Well, it was actually all right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a nice time at the London cockpit. Yeah, on Sunday. it was good. Show. Good matches. Enjoyed the matches. Um, what else have I been doing? You've moved your office around a bit. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, what's your thoughts? I wonder if Zoe Lucas knows there's one less desk here. <laughs> it's not one less <laughs> desk. The desk has been moved. Yeah. We're creating a more spacious atmosphere in RevPro Towers. Yeah, it's nice. It'd be nice once all these boxes are cleared, well, but, it just needs but it's only going to get worse because it's Christmas approaching and you've got to assume you're going to be busy, so... I know, like yeah. stock-wise. But, well, stock, as quick as it comes in, it'll be flying out, won't it? ShopRevPro.com, check yeah. it out. Mm -hmm. So, But it is a, it is annoying how the, the stock room has spilled over into the main office. So yeah, which is funny enough. 
since Zoe's not been here, so that's actually factually incorrect. <laughs> okay, it was a state it was left in. Right. So, if anything, it's improved. So, okay, back off, pal. So I'm just eager to get to our topic for today. Well, we've got to do the 30-week wrestling challenge first. No, I know, but I'm, you know, I, I was had a skim through, didn't I? The scrapbook got some well, cheating. <coughs> yeah. So we're going to go through the scrapbook today. Yeah. Part two. We're going to hopefully not repeat any stories that we did last time. Fingers crossed. But it was a long time ago now, so for anyone who might be listening who hasn't heard the first one, if they've crossed over, they won't even know. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Oh, do, do those WWE boys got stuck in Saudi Arabia as well after our review of the Saudi Arabia show. Yes. That was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And all the different stories that come out. No one's ever going to know the real truth. No, probably all not. All the different stories that come out are very interesting. Um. The conspiracy theories are obviously the far more fun ones. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but what's also interesting about that is obviously then it kick-started that NXT uh, invasion of uh, SmackDown. It did, yeah. What did you think about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched some of it. I saw Triple H's promo. We almost replicated his DX promo, word for word. I can't remember which one. Maybe the one we brought back X-Pac, I think. I don't know. Uh, I saw a little bit of Daniel Bryan and Triple H going nose to nose. They were teasing Shawn Michaels was going to fight him. Caught, wouldn't that? That's a match, though, isn't it? Yeah. Why? Oh, I back. think it's too late now. I know. It's too late like, now. Uh, well, you'd think that if if that Saudi Arabia match went well for Shawn Michaels, mm. you'd think the that, tag, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd yeah, think yeah. That he'd be like, oh, go on then, fuck <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I think that because it went the way it did. Yeah, he so many, like put like, doubt on him, doubt on himself, yeah, baby. Yeah, and like yeah. and like, but there was so much going against him. Do you know, like Triple H got injured. Obviously, it was in Saudi Arabia. There'd be like the crowd. If he mm. was in America, the crowd would be a lot, a lot hotter for it because it'd be like, oh, it's yeah, like a, it's like, a, it's like one of those dream matches almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so especially like with Shawn Michaels of heat, Triple H got injured. Undertaker and Kane. Obviously, like I always say, time and time again, I it always befuddles me when you have you know when it comes to WrestleMania time, um, and when the old boys work each other, when it's just like, we'll put them on with someone who can move around for them. Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, and I think the ultimate example of that for me is that um, it was kind of almost over the top, but Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Remember that match? Yeah, yeah. Where Shawn Michaels just flew everywhere for him. Yeah. Um, but it took me years to know he was, well, the story is that he was, was kind of taking the mick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he was still fantastic, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. 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 Like I watched that as a, as a what would I have been 21. Just as being like, wow, this is Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels. This is amazing. And it wasn't until you were 22 that you found out wrestling wasn't real. Right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> so, it was in fact Shawn, Shawn Michaels' promo the next night. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that did it for me. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, put mm-hmm. him on with a young guy who can move around, whatever. And I'm sure that Shawn Michaels would have had... Imagine if the first match back was Shawn Michaels versus uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Shawn Michaels would be like... Bloody hell, I'm the best wrestler in the world again. And then yeah. he'd be back. And then We'd I'll see be back. him every like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, yeah. if his first match back was against Undertaker and Kane, uh-huh. would have been no good, right? But he worked Jericho. They had a fantastic little match and he had a lovely little comeback. He didn't had a little he? run for about four yeah. four weeks, maybe, yeah. But he did the house shows, didn't he, after that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so like yeah. he, he had a good run. Uh-huh. And it was only because of the uh he had that bleed on the brain, didn't he? Because of that. Do you remember about Nexus? Nexus, right? Yeah. I think it was Ryback, wasn't it? Gave him that clothesline, yeah. maybe. And now all these years later, the Nexus are back. 
because they came from NXT, didn't they? Oh yes, of course. So yeah, that's my reference. Okay, so good. You were looking at me then, like Steve Austin was looking in that Alicia and Melina Fox. Melina <laughs> <laughs> Fox. That look of disgust. Oh no, who's Melina Fox? Alicia Fox and <laughs> Melina. <laughs> And you're talking about an episode of Tough Enough, aren't you? Where, yeah, where he am. says, what's your favourite yeah. match? And she it's goes, good. Alicia Fox and Melina. Yeah. Which I don't, I've never seen it. <laughs> it might have been really good. And, might have been. But also, the way that Steve Austin just dismissed it, he'd probably never seen it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, Steve. So, give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do the scrapbook. Yes. Today. Just tangents everywhere, isn't there? Left, right, left, right. Um, tangents. We're going to do 30 Week Wrestling Challenge first. Do you want to get it turn. up? Yeah, I know, but do you want to get it up? Okay, yeah, but you see, I, I assume that you know we're gonna have a bit of fun first. Yeah, uh, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> I'm, uh, like I'm trying to think of one that's prepared. not Mr. Perfect. I think we've done that one eight times already. Texas tornado. No, I think I've got one. Uh, Mark Henry. No. Okay, I'm gonna kind of freestyle it, but okay. I think I can do it. Go on. Okay, you ready? Yep. Andy's and Andy's thirty-week wrestling challenge. Da 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 da. Mate, that's not even. You got to. <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? The song's longer than that, so you got to keep going. Do you know what it is? No. Oh, okay. Oh, thank God! I thought I ruined it. Andy's and Andy's thirty-week wrestling challenge. Andy's and Andy's thirty-week wrestling challenge. Andy is thirty week wrestling challenge. Andy's and Andy's thirty week wrestling challenge. I got, I've got a song in my head. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about the Steiner Brothers for you again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. Duh, duh, duh. Shall I try again? Yeah. Okay. Andy's and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Okay, I think I've got it, but I think you're doing a terrible rendition of you it. You say that every time, but you're wrong. <laughs> Go on, what is it? The Mountie. Wrong. Okay. I've got you on a technicality. Quebecers. The Quebecers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, put it up. And I'll sing along. Okay, do you want to sing? Okay, do you want to... For the first thing I'd like you to do is... I'd like you to do it with no Andy and Andy. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. I'm the Mountie. I'm handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong. This song could be mine. I am... But you know, do you know what? You're, where you're wrong. Go on. On a technicality, the same way you always try to. Yeah, not me. the Mounties. Yeah, no. yep. yeah. I got it though, didn't I? That was good. You did, yeah. Um, so the Quebecers theme. Are we not looking at the Quebecers? I thought we were looking at. Well, no, it's the, it's, it's the Mounties. Well, that's what I guessed, and you told me we yeah, had but to obviously because do... I wanted to be like, oh, I know the Mountie and the Quebecers song was the same. Do you know who wouldn't know it's the same? Billy from Trainers. Ninety-five percent of the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. <laughs> no, sure. Okay. Okay. 
This is Sorry. amazing. There's right? a there's an advert. Yeah, we don't endorse this advert for the record. <laughs> we this. do not endorse. What's it for? This. I might want to play it. There we go. wrestling challenge. Thirty week wrestling challenge. I don't hear it. I don't know what the funny thing is. I don't know what we've got to uh, ask. Um, <laughs> oh, people don't care anymore. They just like this bit. Oh, no, they do. Everyone loves a discussion. Okay, should we stop this? Yeah. I'm okay. the Mountie. Okay, so... Um, so last week we did Company You Most... Do you know what's really sad? Yeah. This is last week. We've got four, including this week, we've got four weeks left. Really? And what on earth are we going to do? Crumbs. I don't know. We'll just play the play the super, the music game. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you can ask people to ask us some more questions to add to the challenge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like, give us some more questions. Yeah, send them in. Tweet me at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. Um, so, this week, week number 27. Yes. Your favourite attire. Okay. Um, Didn't think that one was coming, did you? No, that's a good question, though. Uh, mm. I've got a few. Uh, I, Stratus. Yeah. The cat when she pulled her top off. <laughs> that one. Uh, okay. Ooh. So I've got three, I think, immediately jump out at me. Okay, go on. So, Japanese Crush. When he had the okay. purple and black. Yeah. That was cool. I love Crush's Hawaiian Crush. But that wasn't cool. Japanese crush was because cool. he kind of had the face paint that was kind of like a river throwback to demolition, mm. um, and it made a really cool toy. When I was we've a kid asked this time well. and time again, but were you as a child aware that crush from demolition was the same as Hawaiian crush was the same as yeah yeah okay I wasn't well you thought it was a different crush I didn't really think about it no but I was amazed when I was like oh my god it's the same person and also crush you know when crush came back. With his tattoo on the side of his head. Yeah. I was completely unaware that that was the same crush. Not unaware that it was... I didn't recognise it was a Hawaiian crush. You just thought it's another guy they called? No, I don't. No, I worked it out like when they said it's crush. But when I saw him, I was like... Oh, when you saw him, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was the point. Okay. Where people were going to be like, who's that? And then Vince or someone go... Because I always look back at these bits on the network that I have very fond memories of. And when Crush came back, that's something I looked up, certainly over the past 12 months. And he's like, it's Crush, Crush is back. Because Clarence Mason brought him back. Yeah. They got him out of prison. Yeah, he's a lawyer, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Cochran. That was his, I think it was Johnny Cochran. OJ Simpson's Singer. Uh, oh, okay. OJ Simpson's lawyer. Okay. Fantastic TV series. Yeah. Um, the People versus OJ. Really good. Okay. Mm. Uh, speaking of popular TV I like series. Yep. There's a TV series called Power on Netflix. We're talking about the search for everyone challenge. should watch it. I'm just saying, I think everyone should watch it. So okay, you have been talking about it for the last ten years. The greatest TV show ever. And I'm watching. Don't crucify me. I'm watching back Breaking Bad, and I actually think it powers better than Breaking Bad. So strong. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Okay. Um, so I've got Crush. Uh, pretty much anything Randy Savage wore from like. Also, I have the 90s. I was thinking about Randy Savage when he. So do you remember when he had like so I liked him in like so in WCW when he probably teamed with Hulk Hogan when he first came in red and yellow. Okay. He had like the long tights, but he had the top off because he hadn't had his top off for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Wonder why? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But 
it was the first time he had his top off yep. for a long time and he had like the long red and yellow tights. I yep. just thought that looked super cool. Yeah, he was cool. And one that instantly jumps out to me is the, and funny enough, this was, I was talking about this the other day, like on Sunday, the way to the cockpit, the pink singlet Owen Hart wore when he won King of the Ring. Oh, that's cool, yeah. All pink. Yeah. He looked great, didn't he? That was cool. Yeah. Complimented his tan, lovely. Yeah, well, yeah, nice tan that worked He did well, have a nice tan, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, as far as I can remember, you yeah. remember as a child, eh? Hmm. Um, I was like, oh, he's got a nice tan. And Ni- Jim Nardot always looked good in all pink instead of pink and black as well. He went through an all pink, well, predominantly pink anyway. Obviously, he had the ambles and that down his side. But Do you know what my favourite attire is? Go on. British Bulldog where he wore jeans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For real? <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> you did, did you? Yeah. I guess they just kind of thought, let's I update him a bit, cool. didn't they? They were I just like. It was cool. Yeah. Or like Bulldog was like, oh, I sold my gear on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's got to be a story behind that, though, right? Yeah, you'd think so. It's got to be. Yeah. If anyone knows a story. Yeah, if anyone knows a story, let us know. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anyone else's gear that I was you particularly said it fond of. I'm not allowed to have <laughs> a, another choice. Yes, you are. Cool, sure. One more. Well, Jack Xavier. <laughs> Jack Xavier. <laughs> Shorts and t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Trainers and kick pads. Yeah. Um, hmm... I'm going to stick with British Bulldog jeans. Yeah, but it's not really a favourite, is it? Because <laughs> Bulldog had some cool gear as well, so surely that wasn't okay. your favourite Bulldog I gear. enjoyed Okada. I like Okada's little shorts. Yeah. Because I was at the Tokyo Dome, obviously, when they're, you know, because obviously he went to trousers. Yeah. And when he ri- ripped off his trousers to reveal his little shorts back. Yeah. And the crowd just went ballistic. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's over when you can get your ring gear over, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they've always got like fantastic, like his his robe. Other oh, jackets everything. and stuff are good, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, always fantastic workmanship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't really have an answer, mate. I'm sorry. No. Um, okay. How would you like Brutus of Barber Beefcakes gear? Yep. Rockers they had some exceptional stuff. But here's an interesting connection between every single person that we've named. Tassels. Well, tassels is not what I was going for, but you're partly right. Colour. That is right, yeah. Lots and lots of colour. Yeah. And do you think that's because we are the age we are, or do you think that's a missing piece of the puzzle when Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Roderick Strong, uh, Triple H, you know, all come out to wearing black pants? I agree. I think it's not... I think... It's a missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So here's my thoughts, right? So I feel wrestling, I say it, you hear me say it all the time, wrestling is a sensory uh, activity, right? Yes. And obviously, having a young child, you appreciate sensory stuff a lot more, just the way they're like amazed by, yeah. you know, bright lights, colours and whatever. But I always say that's what captivated me about wrestling, what pulled me in. You know, because I always say, like, if you're flicking through the channels, if there's wrestling on, I would probably say eight out of ten people would just stop for a second, right? Not necessarily watch it, yeah. but like it will make them stop. It's all cu- everyone's curious about it to yeah. some degree. So yeah. you've got bright lights, right? Flashing lights. You've got these big characters flying around the screen, but not so much anymore. You don't well, have a so great. That's deal what I mean. So you've got, you've got the noises, yeah. you know, like the the noise of the crowd, 
the grunts, the groans, the noise, noises of the slams. You've got the noise of the, the, the announcers. You've got the entrance music. Do you know what I mean? All your senses are being played with when it comes to, to professional wrestling. It just kind of grabs you. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I feel like, um, you know, when you... And that's why, like, I guess, you know, like if you go to a nightclub, like, there's all the flashing lights. You get all that light display and stuff, right? Yep. Why? It plays with the senses, right? And I feel that, uh, and you know, like when you, a, lot, a lot of people when they're in nightclubs are drunk, right? And the experience of, you know, being there with all the loud music and the flashing lights and the smoke machines, do you know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. the fire cannons, all of that stuff, that makes you think like, whoa, epic night, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. Because it's at like your a most show. basic level. So when you're, yeah. but when you're, and when you're drunk, it's kind of you lose all your inhibitions and you're kind of almost stripped down. Sure. At your most basic level, right? A bit like when you're a kid, mm-hmm. right? So, um, a weird analogy here. So what I'm getting at is like human nature is drawn towards bright things, right? And if you remember when Steve Austin first started wearing just black trunks, that was abnormal for the time, right? And that made Steve Austin stand out yeah, okay, out yeah. of everyone else because yeah. it was like, he's no nonsense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, so the wrestlers yeah, I guess who, in his area you still are... But any the wrestler, and yeah, any, and but any wrestler who was like a any wrestler who was um, black trunks, you know, boots and trunks wrestler, just plain color, they were a wrestler that meant business. Or they were jobbers. Or they were jobbers. Yeah. Yeah. But like I remember, so like Steve Austin, he wanted to call the revival the Mechanics, right? Okay, but no, when they called the Mechanics for a little bit. Nah, Steve Austin called them the Mechanics. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Um, but he was like, I think it should be called the Mechanics because in the ring they're like mechanics, right? Yeah. But like. They're like, that's to me an example. Not car mechanics. Uh, to me, that's yeah. an example of um, boots and laces wrestler, you know, like yeah. we're just going to, you know, we're going to get in, we're going to wrestle. No, mm-hmm. no funny business. Do you know what I mean? We're just going to, yeah, we're going to get in, we're going to wrestle. And I think that would make them stand out. But then like there's wrestlers that I feel would yeah, absolutely benefit from some color. And they're obviously, I, I would go as far as saying a lot of those wrestlers are wrestlers who are influenced by people like Steve Austin. And they were like, oh, that's what the cool wrestlers wear, just black trunks. The Rock. You know, he had that thing on the back normally, didn't he? The ball. But but yeah. But the Rock could could pull it off. The the prime example, I think, if you go through my wrestling kit bag or the box I've got, probably at my mum's now, of all my old stuff, if I pull it, like, because we do it sometimes when, like, they've got their first match in four weeks. They're like, oh, I haven't got any stuff or whatever. I've ordered it. it. No, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. I've ordered (laughs) it. Uh, They think we're thick. And. and I'll say, put these on. The look on their face is horror. Do you know what I mean? Half of them would, even, would like to not wrestle rather than wear what's in my kit bag. But my stuff's all heavily, like, colourful. Yeah. Even my black stuff's still got, like... I've got a pair that me and, me and my friend Ian always called the Rockers gear because we just bought it. We, it was from Adrian Street. It was just, like, Rockers stroke Brutus Beefcake, black tights with, like, big holes in them that have got, like, leopard print in them and fluorescent <laughs> leopard print, which is right on my street. I think Dan McGee wore them at a show in May, April, May, and he wasn't too chuffed. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, he did it, though, so I'm not saying he... I don't want to be like he was moaning about it. It's he like, wasn't. here's a story for you. So it's like Rob the Goblias, right? Yeah. When he had his first match, yeah. um, he... D- I can't remember, did he not have gear? He or didn't did have he gear. Have, he didn't have gear. And, and we literally got him the most colourful, obnoxious... It was Marty's gear. It was Marty's gear, yeah. And we yeah, got him the most colourful... His party Marty gear. Yeah, and we got... Like, we mixed it up, though, didn't we? Like, whatever, like... You know, like the f- whatever. I don't yeah. Know. But he had like colourful. Yeah, but there was a there was a thing all day of him being. So he was going to wear Marty's gear, 
which was multicoloured and fluorescent and quite cool, actually. And then someone had said to him, I think, on the day, oh, why don't you wear these? So he had his heart then set on just wearing a pair of black or plain red or something. We're like, no, wear the multicoloured stuff. thought you were taking the piss, didn't you? Yeah, and then, but then it went to the point where like he was trying to hide Marty's oh, yeah, German. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, maybe, or maybe we took the red, the plain stuff, and said, no, wear these. And he was getting all upset about it. And we're like, please... Just listen to us. You will stand out more than anyone else. And then, lo and behold, he wore the multicoloured stuff, and now he's really embraced it. And now he wears a tie. He's into a it. A fluorescent green tie yeah. to the ring. Yeah, and he's into it. Yeah. Yeah. And for anything he might be lacking in the ring, he makes up for him personality. So, yeah. Yeah. And showmanship. So, we've gone off. 30 week wrestling challenge. No, we haven't. We were talking about. Oh, okay. We haven't. No. We, we, we're, we're, very very much much on top- we're very much on yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. A first. Yeah, yeah, we kept oh, it together. Um, maybe British Bulldogs. Uh, remember, we had like the navy blue long tights. Okay. With the Union Jack on. Okay. Am I making that up? Uh, no, possibly. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'll find a picture of it. All right. But and show I, who me. Well, I'll show you, and then we okay. can post it on our uh, on our Twitter our Twitter page. Yeah. I'm going to uh, while while you look for this picture. I'm going to have a little scan through the scrapbook. Oh, there's one at the back page. Oh, my God, I didn't even know that was on there. Borgers out to torture. Okay. Fat, uh. fi- fat, fin- fat Finn Ludwig flies in for the kill. Daily Star, March 11th, 1994. I don't even think he was on that tour. So, go on then. Well, Let's I don't think it's a particularly it. interesting topic, but I just didn't know it was on there. Uh, a 21 stone monster from Finland lands in Britain's wrestling rings later this month with a pulveristic thump. He's big, he's barbaric, and he's hell bent on a reign of torture and terror. Ludwig Borger, the hammering horror from Helsinki, tears down anyone and everyone in his path. Who thought there'd be a whole article in a national newspaper in England about Ludwig Borger? But did you say Daily Star? He, yeah, but this is long before the Daily Star well, wrestling. That's what I mean. Page. Like they started. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> that started a trend, didn't it? Yeah, it's got other pictures here. Brett Owen to Tonka and Bam Bam. Is that '94? I don't think I went to any of those shows. Sheffield, Rev Pro's got a show at Sheffield, but not the Sheffield Arena. This weekend, Corporation yeah. Nightclub, Telford. Anyway, we missed them. They're in 1994, unfortunately. Well, you've had a go now. That doesn't count as my go. That doesn't count as a go. That doesn't count as my go. You've just read an article. Here we go. Ludwig Borger in a national paper. Right. On April the 14th, 1994. This is a a tragic tale, and I have not read it. Okay. Boy 2 dies copying WWF Python star. The boy of two was strangled as he copied his TV wrestling idol, Jake the Snake Roberts, who wraps a python around his neck. Little Jake Tierney put a loose burglar alarm wire around his throat and choked to death an inquest heard yesterday. The wire might have pulled tight, may have pulled tight, because the top fell off his bed, which was covered by a blanket with World Wrestling Federation star's face printed on it. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's quite not very long. The lad was found dead in his bedroom by Mum Victoria, 24, of Sale, Manchester. She told the Manchester inquest her son was obsessed by his American namesake. Is he called? Oh, he was called Jake, yeah, right. Father David, 28, a managing director, said the wire was hidden behind a curtain and had been forgotten. The grappler, 38, star of Sky TV's WWF shows and ITV's Superstars of Wrestling, likes to drape his python over over defeated opponents. Verdict accident. 
So that was April the 14th, 1994. Now, I remember for many years, every time there was a death that could loosely be related to wrestling, you know, any time there was like an accidental death. Yes. If they could loosely relate it to wrestling, they would. Yeah. I remember many stories in the papers like that. Okay. Yeah, so and this is a big one. Like, I kind of feel... God, you've, you, you, as, uh, as, a, as a father of a two-year-old, you feel for these people instantly, but I kind of feel the paper have turned this into something that is... Yeah, like, they've, they've looked at it, they've been like, oh, he had Jake the Snake on his, his bed, bed cover. He was called Jake. He was called Jake. He died from being strangled by a cable. What can we... Is, you, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was in 1994, without being too much of a stato, Jake Roberts finished with the WF two years before that, so before Jake was probably even born. So, yeah, yeah, just seems all a bit distasteful, doesn't it? But like, you know, I'm sure Jake Roberts probably wasn't even aware of this, but still, we got to think the parents are probably still grieving. But there you go. Like you say, thanks there was all sorts of uh, all sorts of um, stories like that, wasn't there? Yeah. Thanks for getting us off on such a. Well, you were rushing me, so. I don't really feel like carrying on now. <laughs> Go on then, pass it over. Okay. Well, don't don't read the other one that's on that page, although that probably would be quite interesting. What's the other one that's on that? Oh, well, maybe we can get to that later. I don't know. I'm just going to open a random page. Okay. Well, remember we have done some already, so don't be like, oh, I'm going to do it again if we've already if I remember what we might have already done. Okay. We've done the Bret Hart heartthrob one, haven't we? Quite probably, yeah. Yeah, we have, because it's got that picture of Richard K. Glover, otherwise known as Dick Glover. Oh, Dick Glover, yeah. Mm, and uh, unfortunately, he never accepted my LinkedIn request. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You so. tried to connect with him, didn't you? Yeah. So while, while you're searching, I'm going to quickly, because uh, we know we've got at least one new listener who had, probably didn't listen to a lot of season one, explain what this scrapbook is. So this scrapbook is a collection of articles that someone made, not me, uh, I bought this off eBay, um, a collection of articles from the British tabloids from like the early to mid 90s. So there's all sorts of ones. So there's one about drug, Hulk Hogan's drug shame. There's one about, I remember we, we briefly touched on a week or two ago. It was uh, some of the wrestling fans might be shocked, but some of the wrestlers are gay. Um, so we're really dealing with like early 90s tabloid, um, what they deem as big stories, I guess. So there's lots of British Bulldog in here. There's lots of Hulk Hogan in here, all like the sort of specific main ones of the time, especially here in England. Absolutely. So, I just don't know where I'm going to go. There's just so many good ones to choose from. Uh, what's this one? Not sure if we read it. Tell me if we've. Uh, okay, I'll try and remember if, if this is one we've already done. But go. What a grip off! Wrestlers slip into farce. Yeah, we have read it. I remember I read it. I remember okay. that line. Wrestlers slip into farce. Try and find the one with LOD. Well, I d- only because I think it's an interesting topic and something that we have talked about before. But I always think it's a very fascinating story. It's amazing, isn't it? Just the amount of coverage. What about this one? 
So really, a big a big recurring theme of this uh, of these newspapers of British Bulldog, right? Yeah. So again, almost topical. So like Mansour, Mansour is that his name? Yeah, the guy who's on Crown Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. They, he could be the new British Bulldog for Saudi Arabia, right? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. But, yeah. Um, WWF. It's amazing how they had what they had with British Bulldog in terms of like a British superstar. It's amazing that they've not created anyone else like that since British Bulldog left because surely British Bulldog he was an absolutely huge superstar within the United Kingdom and if it wasn't for British Bulldog I don't think that WWF would be anywhere near what it is wrestling in this country wouldn't even really be a do you know what I mean like he he was a forefront as much as Hulk Hogan was important to WWF in the UK British Bulldog was just as important I'd argue and like all you've got to do is look at this scrapbook for evidence. Like, it seems like every other week there's something about British Bulldog in. At, yeah. that, at that specific time period, because as we discussed, like, it gets to, like, the end of, after SummerSlam, and mm-hmm. it just kind of falls off About a year on. after, I yeah. think. There's some articles there about, one of them's the headline is, why I quit the WWF. So, um, so this, this one here um, says, our six-stone wimp yep. became a 19-stone wrestling superstar. Little Davy, aged 15, and with Big Daddy as his tag team partner. There you go. Picture Imagine of the two there, isn't it? Yeah. That's, like, that's what Curtis Chapman would look like. Um, well, still looks like. <laughs> Just with next, a to Davey, next to Davy Boy Smith, if he was still, yeah. still here. Yeah. So, uh, so here we go. Skinny schoolboy, David Smith. Oh, this is from a Daily Mirror. Okay. And have we got a date on that? Do we have a date? Uh, no, we have no date. Oh, this might not actually be from a Daily Mirror. I might have just made that up completely. Yeah, no dates. Yeah, well, possibly the, the the article might continue on the following page. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So, uh, the miner's son made mega, mega bucks when he left his family's tiny council home to fight in America. Isn't it funny how anyone in Britain who makes something of themselves, they always come from a council home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the story, isn't it? That's why I never made it, you know. Um, now Davy Boy Smith, 28, is the only Briton on the US professional wrestling circuit and the, sensa- and the sensation of the World Wrestling Federation's sellout UK rampage, which ends tomorrow. Um, and he has all the rich trappings that go with his newfound stardom. And then it goes into bulging. Home is a 15-bedroom luxury mansion complete with swimming pool in the sunshine in the state of Florida. Wife. He's got a wife, everyone. Diana's a millionaire's daughter and beautiful blonde ex-model. His car is a top-of-the-range £20,000 magic wagon mobile home. There you go. Davy, who has two children, Harry and Georgia, is a powerhouse of bulging muscle with a 56-inch chest, 21-inch biceps and a 19-inch neck. He'd be a millionaire by the time he's 30. And he owes so much of that success to his mum, Joyce. She'll be cheering him on tomorrow as he steps to the ring at the Wembley Arena to fight the arrogant Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. That's what he 91. Yeah. Davy, who earns around £80,000 a year, is confident of the outcome. What? 80 grand a year? Well, that's a lot of money in 91. Yeah, I understand it is, but I'm sure that's probably not accurate either, like... Who knows? That's not even... It's like two... Not even two grand a week. But that's a lot of money in 1991. Yeah, no, I know, Andy, but I'm still saying, like, Hulk Hogan still got paid, like, a million dollars or something for one WrestleMania, like, 89, so... I don't know. 
Maybe he's filling the tax man. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I'm sorry, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in and I'm confident I can beat Mr. Perfect. I'm more than ready for him. So this is when wrestling kayfabe was being kept up in the national newspapers. But also not not insulting. It was kind of in the spirit of things. It was just just literally like... They were literally treating it like it was a legitimate sport. Yeah. But not overkill either. Do you know what I mean? Like he's saying what he's saying, but he's saying that as a way to sell tickets to young wrestling fans. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So I I like it. And then then the next line is perfect. Fighting him in England will make me even more determined. Victory will be so much sweeter. Millions of Sky TV viewers already know Davey as a tough British bulldog who takes on takes on the nastiest wrestlers in the States. But proud parents, Joyce and Sid, see the soft side of the hard-case wrestler who regularly slams his opponents into submission. It's just a nice story, isn't it? It is nice, yeah. So, his uh, mum and dad were very proud reading that. So we don't need to go through it all, do we? But it's a nice... That's the gist of it, yeah. It's just a nice article. So it rags to riches story. Um... Of of young David, um, who who's grown into this superstar, and articles like this help that perception of making him that larger than life character. So a big part of it could be that you know the reason why there's not been another British bulldog. I'm, I, like I can't for the life of me think of anyone that they've actually tried to make the next British bulldog. Um, you know, in terms of like flying that flag. Yeah. Right. Um, but I say like a big part of British Bulldog stardom is the fact that the the whole country was behind him. And then obviously, like we said, like when it gets to like 94, 95, it kind of falls off the mainstream radar, doesn't it? What WWF as a yeah, whole, you mean? In, in, and especially okay. in the UK. Like yeah. It's no longer in the national papers as big stories. It's almost like it, it, had its, uh, it had its fill. Do you know what I mean? It was like, while it was popular, they were smashing it. You know, the papers were like all over those stories yeah. and then when they decided oh it's no longer the cool thing it's a bit like Pogs right as we had a great Pogs challenge didn't we we did um, listen to that in the archives but it's a bit like Pogs in the sense of like Pogs were all the rage that summer and like they were all over the, the newspapers there was like stories about young I, mean, I guarantee there was a story in the paper regardless if it was even true or not someone got killed because of Pogs because of Pogs yeah, yeah. someone some kid murdered another one because with of a one ripper. game of Pogs he hit him with a ripper um, and uh, but like when Pogs the difference is when Pogs finished the papers just moved on yeah right and Pogs just essentially just drifted off into nothing. Yeah. This would be like if Pogs continued, had a still had a yeah, worldwide had a presence. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And then like every now and again they make a big comeback. But like, uh, you know, so what happened? The papers they stopped talking about it. But Vince McMahon wouldn't go away, and he was still there, and it was a constant throughout. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it, it was. It never ended its run on TV. Like you always hear people talk about roller derby. Yeah. Um. You know, like as that. You know, roller skating. You on a chair. What? <laughs> Sorry, roller derby. You're not funny. <laughs> anyway, I can't talk at the moment, so I'm only kidding. Derby, derby is a is a is a name for being fat. To, uh, again, yeah. I don't want to carry on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, so thanks everyone for <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Okay. All right, I won't go. There's another good British bulldog. There's loads of good British bulldogs. See, that's what I mean. He was a superstar. Why haven't WWF made another British bulldog? Yeah. Oh, this is uh, this one's along the same lines. Would you get behind someone like that now? 
What? A flag waving British bulldog. <sighs> All I'm going to say is this, right? Mm. So I think about UFC. I'm sorry, Andy. Mm. All right. Michael the Count Bisping, mm-hmm. right? He was a huge superstar for UFC. Yeah. And he was almost like a modern day British bulldog for UFC. And it wasn't like he came out being like to rule Britannia. Okay. He came out to Blur Song 2. Well, you bloody well should have come out a, to. No, but like Blur Song 2 is like a, a very British song. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. he was almost like a modernised version of that. And the whole country were behind him when he, when he was fighting. And it's almost like if Michael Bisping wasn't a thing, then... UFC in England would be nowhere near as huge as it was. They mm-hmm. had him as that, you know, that huge star. And they tried to do the same thing with Darren Till recently. And wasn't Ian the Machine Freeman the first attempt? At he was, yeah. Ian the Machine was the first attempt yeah. at that. Yeah. I remember I worked on him with that celebrity wrestling show and had lunch with him a couple of times. Yeah. He was also nothing else to report apart from that, but he was there. He was also at that um, John Farrah show, wasn't he? Oh yes, he was. Yeah. And uh, and he was also. Uh, do you remember FWA did a? They did like a. I can't remember if it was like a voiceover or something, but it was like, Ian the Machine Freeman's coming or something like that. Do you remember that? Oh, he was going to wrestle Flash, wasn't yeah, he? But Flash they, Barker. They G'd him up like they like over the PA. I don't, there was something saying yeah. like, Ian the Machine. Is this like the like wrestling that. channel time period? No, I think it's a bit before, before that, then. was yeah, it? Okay. A bit before then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've... they G'd it up and then nothing ever came of it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Just didn't even mention it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit like when Mick McManus was the... Uh, Commissioner. Was no, he? not no, McManus. Pat Roach. Pat Roach. Mick McManus. But at least Pat Roach turned up once. Yeah. yeah. Mick McManus was the, uh, U- the special... UWA. No, but Mick McManus was a special ring announcer when Flash Barker beat Doug Williams for the FWA Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. And he said, the winner of a match, a new British champion, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. <laughs> Typical British wrestlers back in the day, isn't it? Um, okay, so here's one. We have got a... I mean, I bet this pissed him off a lot. Because the biggest picture in this article is of David Boy Smith. But the headline is, I got bitten by the grappling bulldog. The man who partnered wrestling superstar British Bulldog to a world title is now broke and living in squalor. And Tommy Billington blames the bulldog, David Boy Smith, for leaving him in the lurch when he was forced to quit the ring after breaking his back. So just to reiterate, this story is uh, regarding the plight of the Dynamite Kid. And I assume, I'm going to continue skim reading this, he did do an interview with the... News of the World on January the 2nd, 1994. And I bet nothing pissed him off more than the fact that David Boy Smith had a bigger <laughs> picture than him. And probably rightfully so. Tommy, who was called the Dynamite Kid, said, he'd be nothing for me if it was... <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be nothing now if it wasn't for me. I can't really do Dynamite. I've never heard his voice a great deal. I don't begrudge him... A bit more gravelly. Yeah. I didn't begrudge him the success, but to think he was willing to do the dirty on me when he gave him... When he saw a glimmer of glory for himself, makes me sick. I like the glimmer of glory for himself. That was a good... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now when I see him strutting about on TV, I wish I could remind him of his roots. The pair are cousins and grew up in Wigan, Lancashire. They trained together, and when Tommy found success in Canada, he asked Davey to join him. Uh, the former, the, They formed a tag team called the British Bulldogs, becoming world champions in 86. Both were millionaires and decided to quit the WWF with Tommy arranging work for them in Japan. Right, so that just goes back to the fact of where David Boy earning £80,000 a year and then this article claiming they're already millionaires. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, now... Uh, now, Tommy lives in a council flat in Lee, Lancashire. Back near to his, a council flat. Uh, yeah. like that. <laughs> near his parents, Bill and Edna, and exists on £44 a week social security handouts. Uh, I'm trying to think if he was still working for Dixon at this time. I think he was, 94. Yeah, the tax man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still working full-star wrestling. 
to, uh, and there's of course that fantastic uh, thing on YouTube documentary that Brian Dixon's actually on, where they're complaining about all the people. That's are, right. And yeah. Like, and they're and they're complaining. So, so, so let, let, let's set the scene. So it's okay. it's uh, Brian Dixon, All Star Wrestling promoter, PN News, Dave Taylor, and maybe one other, and uh, and sat opposite them are a whole family of northern mums and kids <laughs> moaning that the the poster had macho man and british bulldog written on it and but if you go back if you go back i see them i'm i'm a member of a facebook group uh called british wrestling posters and the amount of of f- not false advertising because in their mind they're like well the undertaker was already wrestling as the undertaker do you know what i mean but like it's the same name with the rock and roll expresser on posters that we've talked yeah. about that how that nearly got me as a kid it did get me it did get you yeah. but yeah they were wrestlers the macho man and the macho madness and all these clearly uh you know pulling a fast one on the british public well, it's a uk sergeant slaughter it's well, just a, it's yeah exactly just... yeah 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 so um there you go, yeah. So, so, they, so I'm not surprised, but they're complaining at Brian Dixon. And go yeah. on, you take it from so, me. So they're complaining to Brian Dixon about this advertising on the shows. And then there was one really... what, And, and obviously, Dynamite Kid was on the shows, and Dynamite Kid was advertised as the British Bulldog. Um, and um, obviously, there's a there's a bit... If you read, read Dynamite's book, excellent book, Pure Dynamite, um, if you read that book, you'll see there's a, there's a part in that book where he talks about... He Dynamite Kid was given a uh, cease and desist letter from Bulldog's lawyers saying that he couldn't use the term British Bulldog and he was very bitter about that fact because Diana had had copyrighted that term, right? Yes. And that's in in the autobiography. Um, And like at the time I was like, oh yeah, that is really cheeky, right? But then when you watch that piece in context, you know, where they're like, the British Bulldog is appearing at All-Star Wrestling, then those mums are saying like, Oh, the the British Bulldog was advertised to be on this show, and he wasn't there. And Brian Dixon's defence, and they've already made a point of saying that it's not the real British Bulldog. Like the mums have made, like sort of been to shows previously, and not the real British Bulldog been there. And uh, they're saying we went to this show, wherever, wherever it was, Hanley, wherever it was, <laughs> and they were like, we went here, and the British Bulldog wasn't there. And Brian Dixon's literally saying. They had he had transportation problems. He was in Margate the night before. <laughs> yeah, right. He, does, he, he, he was in Margate the night before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you, you can look that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he said he had transportation problems getting to get into a building, and he said there's records of he can provide records from the AA or yeah, whoever yeah. it was at the time yeah. um, to show that he had mechanical problems, and otherwise he would have been there. The British Bulldog would have been there, right? Kind of neglecting the fact that it wasn't a British bulldog. There wasn't David Boy Smith. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and I'm sure there's also British uh, posters, British wrestling posters that say British bulldog, and then underneath, in far smaller letters, it says Tommy Billington. Yeah, a you bit know. like that Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> his nephew, with his, his nephew, nephew Horace. Horace. Yeah. Um, okay, so coming back to this article, Tommy recalls that when he and Davey worked together, he earned six thousand pound a week, which he blew on drugs, drink, and women. It makes you feel like hard to be feel sorry for him when you get. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a. So- well, I mean, I've never earned that kind of money, obviously, but uh, like you have, but. Uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, Unbelievable. I guess when you've got that kind of money, you just think it's probably never going to end, you know? If you're stupid. Uh, girls were throwing themselves at our feet, he said. We would call them arena rats because they always used to hang around the match venues. I slept with hundreds of women during my time on the wrestling circuit and drank myself silly. Drugs were another thing, though. I used to survive on them. I would buy one gram of cocaine for £130 every night and get through it. 
Then there were the steroids to build up my body, the Valium to help me sleep, and the speed to give me energy. It was one long, one long drugs merry-go-round. And I can imagine, knowing what I know about WWE now, can you imagine how they were reacting when these stories were coming out? They're trying to produce a, a fa- uh, like a family-friendly family show, yeah, yeah. show brand, even more so than they are today. Yeah. And you've got one of your ex-wrestlers spouting this stuff. Yeah, you can imagine they must have hated him. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, uh, there's there's a bit more, but finally I've round up Bulldog, who boasts 25-inch biceps and trademark dreadlocks, admitted, I'm a softie at heart, but only where my family's concerned. I don't get into fights. It's not my style. But, uh, excuse me, but I'm not a coward. I hope wa- I hope one day Tommy and I can make up. Wow. And uh, that's interesting as well, isn't it, saying that he doesn't get into fights? Because wasn't it shortly after that? Yeah, there's another article about him, about him beating, the, beating someone senseless. But uh, I'm willing to probably guess that Bulldog, that's not a real quote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a little bit sad that, as far as I'm aware, they didn't make up, did they? Well, no, they didn't. I don't, I don't yeah, think no, they, they didn't. Did. No. no. Um, and David Boy died what's about eight years later. So there we go. My turn. Your turn. There so basically, go. if you're a fan of the British Bulldog, then this uh, this podcast is for you, isn't yeah. it? This, this week. Well, that's why I predominantly why I bought the scrapbook, isn't it? It was full of David Boy Smith and Hulk Hogan stuff. Comedy duo Hale and Pace are joining the ever-increasing role call of comedians going straight in a pinch of... Sn- oh. <laughs> is that the other side? <laughs> yeah, it's the other side. Yeah. I, I'm i just as fascinated by... Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the cost stuff. of washing machines on those adverts. I bet you and are. Stuff. How much for a, a, a Black & Decker third sheet orbital sander? That's a very manly thing to own, <laughs> isn't it? I want one of them in I my shed. I'd never have one. What do you uh, want for Christmas in your shed? A Black and Decker third sheet orbital sander. Sixty nine ninety nine. Thirty three ninety nine. Oh really? Yeah, it's not bad. What about a Victorian internal? Well, why, well, why don't we get it up and see what they cost now? Okay, but they might not even be a thing now because like technology is a wonderful thing. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, always like, evolving. There we go. So let's uh, we key it in. Black again, dead air. It's not good, is it? It's not. It's not dead air. We're okay. uh, the the. It's building anticipation. Black and Decker. Yep. Third sheet. I don't even know what one of those would do. <laughs> I don't even know. Black and Decker still a company, is it? Orbital. Oh, it's a sander, not a. Sh- I, don't, I think I was saying shredder, wasn't I? No, I think you said sander. Oh, was yeah. I? Okay. We've Googled it. Right. Okay. <laughs> Pretty reasonable, aren't they? Yeah. Just going to buy on on Amazon. And the wonder is, I could order it now, and because of Amazon Prime, it can turn up tomorrow. Cool. How much? Uh, orbital sander, seven variable speeds, 12,000 RPM, 125mm random orbital sander with dust collector, Twenty-eight ninety-nine. Oh, so they've just gone down in price? Yeah. Oh. So. But the technology tends to, actually, doesn't it? Because, you know, a 60-inch telly cost you two grand ten years ago, but cost you 300 quid now, so... The Hitman and him. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a pretty fascinating article. Oh. I think it's just him talking about a tour. Okay. Sorry. Well, I just didn't want you to waste your go. Oh, telly wrestling stars in 2am hotel knife brawl. Grappling pals pull them apart. Oh. This would be a good one because it doesn't involve... British Bulldog. British Bulldog. 
David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, <laughs> was stood by watching as two TV. <laughs> so this is from The Sun, okay. Thursday, October 28th, 1993. And it's quite a, a famous story. Um, but obviously it's... Uh, it's but I tickled you, didn't that I? That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but obviously it's, um, it's crazy to think that it's made it into a national newspaper. Yeah, uh, yeah, it probably hit a few that. Well, certainly the Sun, the Star, but Wouldn't it's in it, all of oh, them. Cool. Can you imagine if Twitter was around in those days? God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And can you imagine as well? So imagine this Saudi Arabia plane deal. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine all the stories which would have got round to the newspapers? It would have been all the national. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean, that I think the Daily like... Mail covered it yesterday. One of the chaps oh, really? I follow on Twitter did a uh, maybe retweeted it, but, but I, I didn't read the it. The Sun but... would have been all over that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They would have like proper gone on one and it probably would have been like because of the way the world moves now with news it's just all instant and now now e- now it would have been like evil right. evil Saudi prince keeps wrestlers hostage <laughs> yeah. at knife point and then it would be like oh it transpires that Vince McMahon billionaire owner s- <laughs> like scoured away in his own yeah. private jet leaving his troops on the battlefield yeah. Yeah. and then it would be like oh it might have just been mechanical issues <laughs> after all yeah, yeah that would have been that last couple of lines wouldn't it yeah um, but yeah like and but it probably would have gone on for like a full week but like now in the world, it's just boom, boom, boom. It's old it's, news. It's gone. Yeah. Um, so, um, and bearing in mind as well that um, obviously, so this happened in England, didn't it? Yes. Did it yeah, Blackburn, it did. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, do you reckon it, if it happened in America, it would have been a thing? No. Okay. Yeah, I think it's probably because there was a local reporter or something on it. Yeah. I assume it probably got reported in the Blackburn Gazette as well. That's probably where they got the story from. Yeah, probably. Let's run with it. Yeah. So, two TV wrestling stars ended up in hospital yesterday um, after attacking each other in a late-night knife brawl in a hotel bar. Sid Vicious and Arn the Enforcer Anderson needed emergency... Tr- I love the way they do that. You know, like, they added, you know, the Enforcer. Yeah. Arn the Enforcer Anderson. It makes it just that little bit more impactful, It's almost... It? It's kayfabe, you it's, know? Like it's, that's almost, his, that's it's almost... It's so much better than just the Enforcer Arn Anderson as well, isn't yeah, it? Arn the Enforcer... Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I think the nickname should be in the middle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hitman Bret Hart or Bret Hitman Hart? Bret the Hitman Hart. Yeah. But Hitman Bret Hart still sounds cool, actually. It does, but... The only exception to the rule. Bret Hitman Hart. Hitman in the middle. Davy British Bulldog Boy Smith. That doesn't really work, does it? No, but Davy Bulldog <laughs> Smith might. I don't know. Mm, uh. Um. Nora the King Suzuki. Oh, maybe. That might work. Michael Bisping was Michael the Count Bisping. Yeah, not the Count Michael Bisping. No. No. Dare I say he probably grew up a WWF fan. Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, he's not actually... So, you'd think he is because he does good promos, right? But I've listened to his autobiography and he doesn't really... He's not really that complimentary about WWF. No? Oh, does he talk about yeah. it, does he? A little bit, he's not really crap. complimentary about oh, it. Yeah. Okay. Kind of very dismissive of it. A lot of the UFC guys are big fans. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, back to Arn Hansen. Okay. The people um, at home are waiting. I can hear them. The fight started with a slanging match between two grappling stars just hours before they were due to perform before 3,000 fans. Other wrestlers and stunned drinkers struggled to separate them. Can you imagine that? You're just drinking <laughs> in a hotel bar and all of a sudden... <laughs> Sid, who's massive. Yeah, you wouldn't try and step in, would you? No. No. They had to be taken to hospital in two ambulances to keep them apart. Important fact. Hmm. Interesting that as well. Knowing wrestling's the way it is, the fact that those two weren't programmed in a feud with each other afterwards 
Well, Sid got the boot, didn't he? He did, yeah. But like, do you know what I mean? Is so like they should have kept all kept him keep, on, keep and him on. Like now, yeah. you two go scissors on a pole match or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a witness at the Moat House Hotel in Blackburn. I wonder if that hotel still stands. Said both see themselves as top dog in the sport and don't like the other trying to grab the attention. Eventually, blood had to flow. We just hope they call it a draw now. The American muscle men are the world stars and are regularly seen by more than 4 million viewers on ITV. They were due to fight in a string of Halloween Havoc bouts organised by World Championship Wrestling at Blackburn, Blackburn Arena, but both were counted out. It's a nice use of puns. Yeah. Um, spiky head. I wouldn't really go as far as calling him spiky head. Oh. Curly head. Sid. Vicious. All right. Yeah, no. Spiky head vicious 28, whose real name is Sydney. <laughs> suffered stab wounds to the abdomen. The heavyweight, who weighs 320 pounds, is a man TV fans love to hate. He used to fight under the name Sid Justice. His 32-year-old rival, Anderson. Do you know what, right? So I'm older than both of these people, and I'm like, what the hell have I achieved? (laughs) (laughs) His 32-year-old rival, Anderson, 6'2", and and as well, when you think about it, so he's 32 years old, which is 1993. Yeah. When it got to like 95, 96, he was like winding down massive. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? By 97, he was yeah. done, wasn't he? Yeah. So so that was only four. So he's only 36. Yeah. A year older than I am now. So. Um, World Championship Wrestling spokesman Mike Weber said, I wonder if that's um, Fight TV's Mike Weber. It's probably not. It might be. Fight TV. You know the guy who does Fight TV? No. Oh, okay. Well, the owner, CEO of Fight TV is called Mike Weber. Oh. And he's old. I knew I knew that name. He's so old. It could, so well, it could be him. In fact, it probably is him. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. World Championship Wrestling spokesman Mike Weber said, it just, shows, it just shows what you see in the ring is what you see in real life. These two haven't fought each other for several years, and obviously they don't get along. I don't know what the disagreement was about. An ambulance spokesperson said, We found one of them in his room, and he was in a bad way. The other was waiting in reception. Blackburn Royal Infirmary said Vicious was settled, and Anderson was satisfactory. Police are waiting to quiz both wrestlers. A spokesman said, It's likely one or both will face charges. <laughs> and to my knowledge, neither of them did, did they? <laughs> Probably not, no. So and before you, uh, before you close that, I just want to, obviously people at home, but what are we treated to directly below that? A picture of Repo Man. The Repo Man. <laughs> I don't. Which must have been one of the newspapers. Somebody, somebody put a picture yeah, of the Repo Man. Well, it's an advert for the European Rampage again, again tour. Yeah. European Rampage. Oh, again. Again. <laughs> what um, are we going to call this one? <laughs> just again. You couldn't just call it Rampage UK Rampage uh, '92. Oh, there's a picture of Ted Turner there. Look. Um, so uh, also, uh, what what do you notice about that particular article? Is there anything that's jumping out at you? That makes it particularly unique. Uh, uh, nah. ITV, 4 million viewers. No. The fact it was a WCW article about WCW making the mainstream news. Um, which wasn't it very was, but it was Bulldog was uh, in WCW then, right? No. No, he wasn't. No, he spent a year in... He was only yeah. in 93, wasn't he? But that was 93. But, uh, was it 93 or was that 94? Yeah, it was 93, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he I think he was. I don't know if he was on that tour. So, but that's probably why there's more awareness of WCW anyway, that WCW's even a thing. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was on ITV. Like, uh-huh. he was on, like do you know what I mean? Like, if, if WCW had Bulldog when it was like worldwide, it was on ITV back in the, you know, 92, 93. Yeah. Oh, uh, 92. It would be a... 
I, yeah, who knows how big it could have been. Because it's insane, really, to think that WCW was on ITV, yet WWF was still perceived to be bigger. But I'm sure British Bulldog had a lot to do with that. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, 100%. So I'm, I'm just trying to get together the next article. Go on, then. What you got? All right. Okay. I've got one here from... I believe later on in the... Uh, there's two fascinating articles here. Um, I believe this is probably the earliest one. But it's a bit bigger. Uh, I'll do this one, shall I? March the 30th, 1990. Like I said, this, a lot of this is from like 91 onwards. But so 90, that's interesting, because it must be like very new, bubbling. Yeah, well, this is kind of what it says here, actually. So, the big grapple. So, this will be about 18 months or so after it come off ITV. Bizarre stars get to grips with big time. Bizarre stars, this is. Okay, a tiny band of TV viewers are being wowed by stars with wacky names like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. The flamboyant US wrestlers are being used to spearhead the fierce drive by satellite TV bosses to win big audiences. The antics of fighting fit stars like the Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth and Sational Sherry have been keeping Sky TV viewers glued to their screens. And satellite rival BSB, which launches on April 29th, plans to screen at least three hours of a week of top wrestling action. Cool. Little did you know that in 2018, 19, yeah, <laughs> be like 25,000 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think this is just essentially kind of just maybe the, some of the first national coverage, maybe some of the first national coverage for. WWF, big picture, Hulk Hogan in his 1986. Uh, what else does it say? Um, well, I just, I, I'm trying to sort of skim, skim through it as we talk. Um, here we go. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, bosses at ITV scrapped all wrestling two years ago, but millions miss it. Only viewers in Wales still get a regular wrestling fix, which will be Reslo. Yeah. From um, oh, what was his name? Oreg Williams. Oreg Williams on S4C. Round one in the new fight is being won hands down by satellite broadcasters Sky and B Sky B. I'm sure they merged at some point, didn't they? Yeah. BSB became B Sky B, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Like that. yeah. uh, both are throwing millions of pounds around in a bid to get the best coverage, but they are only but they are only inter- interested in the sensational Americans. The old style. Interesting. Yeah, this is the next line. The old style British grapplers get the thumbs down. Wrestlers are giant stars in the States and they're relishing winning over the staid Brits. Um, And then I want to say, last night the BBC and ITV were still lurking in their corners and refused to admit to being worried. The BBC said, we have never shown professional wrestling and at this stage we have no plans to do so. A spokesman for... (laughs) That sounds very much like BBC. (laughs) A spokesman for ITV Sports said... When we ran it, it was considered sport, but entertainment. We don't have any plans to bring it back. Which is probably exactly what the same statement they'd give today. Um, but last month, when the Daily Star featured the stars of American wrestling, we were deluged with letters from fans who wanted the sport back on the box. There you go. And you can also win a copy of No Holds Barred. I assume on VHS. Brilliant movie. Yeah. Um, so that's very interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I mean, a lot of stuff stands out for me in that. Um, it's particularly, you know, them saying they'd have got no interest in the, the British wrestling. But it kind of uh, goes to show you that if British wrestling had presented that colourful, again, going back to colours, yeah. if they'd presented that colourful, larger-than-life product that yeah. was uh, 
being provided by the WWE or WWF at the time, then perhaps Sky might have been interested in it. Imagine what a different world that would be. Right, yeah. So, so this one like, final little quote I've missed. Uh, wrestler, TV and film star Pat Roach said, who we mentioned earlier, FWA mm-hmm. commissioner, probably still is. Commissioner. Commissioner. Wrestling, American wrestling is great entertainment. The trouble is British fans have no contact with the stars. Our fans like to see wrestling stars on the television and then go see them live and meet them. The contact is important. People regularly say to me that they want two things. They want wrestling back and then smart man. They want Alfie to say in pet back. <laughs> <laughs> and it did come back, didn't it? I think it did, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did early come back, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going to... I think in the 2000s it was uh, yeah. back, yeah. Um, I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on my uh, Twitter tonight and hopefully you can all zoom in and have a read. But yeah, if I was... So I'd have been six. This was about... Just bang on two years before I got into WWF. Uh, if I'd have seen that though, like look at Hulk Hogan. Great oh, tan. Just, just fantastic. Ultimate warrior. Oh, what a body. Brutus the Barber. A match man and Sherry. But again, it goes back to that colours. That's, well, that's my point. Like, they, mm. you know, like, like I, was with, I was with Steve Gray last weekend and with all the love in the world to Steve and his, his uh, colleagues of the time, like, you, if being a six to eight year old child, it's, it doesn't match, does it? It doesn't, so. Absolutely. But I do agree with what Pat Roach is saying about, um, you know, that fans want contact, but I think that's like... That's but that's part of the sensation. You know, that's part of the appeal of like... I've never met Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, but yeah, I'm but still very much okay. in love with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So hear me out, hear me out. So, what I'm, so I, I understand that, yes, and like that, that is part of the that puts them on a pedestal and makes them larger than life. But I think Pat Roach makes a very valid point when he's talking about um, the fans want contact with the wrestlers because one of the things that I always say is one of the unique selling points about British wrestling, about Revolution Pro wrestling, about independent professional wrestling is that it's a lot more intimate than WWE, right? You go to WWE and you don't feel like you're actually a part of the show. Do you know, like you feel like you're watching a spectacle, but you don't feel like you're contributing to the show, right? And I feel that when you go to those independent shows, that's what I always used to feel anyway, you know, you go to an FWA show, um, any independent show, you'd feel like you were that close, you were up close and personal to the action and you'd feel that wrestlers um, changed what they were doing based upon your reactions, and having that up close and personal, um, intimate feeling, and being able to meet the wrestlers and get their autographs and getting your photos with the with the wrestlers, that was a big part of that intimate live wrestling experience. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the TV wrestling experience is the same as that, but mm-hmm. but just that live wrestling experience. And if I was going to sell, um, if I was going to sell British wrestling to anyone, that is one of the things I'd sell it on. That intimacy, um, being so, like literally so close, you're literally on top of the action, and you know that atmosphere, that electric atmosphere that you can't get from being in a massive stadium and being a million miles away. Even though it's you know it's they're completely different experiences, but you know this is a much more intimate and personal experience, um, which I think is why independent wrestling thrives and survives um, because you get that intimate experience, you feel so much closer to it, that makes you then invest a lot more in the product and spend more money in the product. So that's how a niche of a niche, which professional wrestling is, or independent professional wrestling is, is able to exist. Sure. Um, I'm just going to read one last thing. It's my go. No, no, it's one tiny thing. It's my bloody go. It's a screen mirror, which must have been the mirror. Uh, Maybe that was their TV guide. Thursday, January the 18th. I'm going to, maybe dates at 93. I remember that day, yeah. Uh, at 10 o'clock, 
on Eurosport, I would guess. Pro Wrestling Ring Warriors. The title makes it sound like the Gladiators. Sometimes it even looks a bit like the Gladiators. But these chaps are deadly serious athletes. If you don't believe it, try arguing with the likes of Hulk Hogan from America, the Great Muta, and Jushin Thunder Liger of Japan. Here they confront each other in front of 60,000 spectators. So that was 93, I think, they did Hogan and the Great Muta, right? That's where Hulk Hogan cuts that promo and he goes, this WWF title is just a little yeah, right, trinket on a yeah. Christmas tree or yeah. something he says. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, he didn't know, did he's he? Like, he didn't know he'd be, uh, yeah, yeah. Go get out of Japan. <laughs> Lucky it was 25, 30 years later. Yeah, but, you know, I think New Japan should use that footage now. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. Um, have we spoken about the singing? Singing? You know, slam jam. Oh, the ultimate battle. This is a good one. Daily Star marks. <laughs> uh, can I... Uh, so, you know, I just use that term marks really horribly. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to just read to you quickly. Dave Meltzer actually tweeted something. Like, someone asked him a question. When did the term... When do, when do fans become marks? Yeah. And when do marks become smarks? Yeah. Right? Now... I just wanted to just reference this because I retweeted it, but I just think it's I just think it's uh his answer is the best way that I've ever heard it put. Okay. Right. So he wrote. So the question is, hey Dave, quick question: When does a fan become a mark? When does a mark become a smart? And Dave Meltzer replies, when they get labelled by people who are usually arrogant and clueless, a fan becomes a customer the minute he becomes a customer, and he stays a customer until he's no longer one. The other words came from people who didn't respect their customers. Huh? And I just think that's just so well put. Yeah. Because so many I saw people, that actually, yeah. um, so many people derogatory. Like I always said, like, have I told you this story? I'm not, I'm not sure if I told it on the podcast, but like, I remember I was getting autographs at a British wrestling show, um, and it was on the bleachers. It was uh, at uh, South End Tennis and Leisure Centre. Yep. It was like the top of the bleachers, and it was Skull Murphy. I, I, I want to say it was Skull Murphy. I got his autograph. Uh huh. And then so a wrestler came next to him, and as like so, I guess a group of kids saw me getting the autograph. Right. Mm -hmm. And bear in mind, at this time I was probably like maybe eleven, twelve. Okay. Right. And the wrestler's like, "Oh, here come all the strobes." Yeah. Right. And I heard that as I was getting the autograph, and I, d I like I didn't know what a strob was, but I remembered that. And then obviously when I found out. It was like a derogatory term. I was like, wow, that's pretty... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, little kids uh -huh. getting autographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible. So it's, yeah, it's some sort of strange... Oh, there's some sort of psychological explanation for it, isn't there? You know, it's like, just, you know, some kid or kid obviously, like, you know, let's be honest, mate, they don't know who you are. Do you know what I mean? You're not on the telly, but yeah, like, right. they're giving they you the time of day. You should be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming up and say, thank you for a good show, is basically what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but people like that kind of, it's like they've also got like terrible self esteem issues, haven't yeah. they? So. And also, very often, people like that aren't, they're not the ones that made it. So, for example, in contrast, look at Bret Hart, the <laughs> way he treats fans. Yeah. And Same he's way someone. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's someone who's you know he's actually you know he's made it yeah he has all the time in, and it's not just a, it's not an act is it he no. has all the time in the world mm -hmm. for his fans and like even behind closed doors he has all the time in the world you know um, and like, so like you know we went that Chinese with him and, and you know he didn't have to talk to us do you know what I mean he could tell we're all fans of his yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but he didn't have to talk to us like that 
Do you know what I mean? Sure. In that candid uh-huh. manner. But he wanted to because it's just a... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Never forsake your fans. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so this is a Daily Star, Friday, October 16th, 1992. Um, and uh, this is the ultimate battle, WCW versus WWF. Really? So, and I guess this must have been the time when... W- so you see this picture of Sting here? Yep. That was on the front of the WCW Panini sticker album. Well, that exact same shot. Yep. Oh, was it really? Okay. Pink cover. Yeah. I think I've already had it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just interesting facts for you. Mm-hmm. It's probably just their PR image they send to, to everyone. Um, oh, already I can see a uh, a mistake here, but anyway. We'll oh, I know what you're talking about, actually. I've read it, yeah. So, uh, the ultimate battle. So, this is like the wrestling war in 1992 before it even really was one but I guess at the time they were probably thinking like oh this is on a- oh and that's also interesting as well isn't it because that thing's the ITV was like we've got no interest in bringing wrestling back but then they bought it back they bought WCW on didn't they yeah but that, I don't know how, how different it is between because um, that was like regional so like you had Meridian although I think it was yeah. called something else before it was called Meridian but anyway I know for a certain my grandparents lived in South London they had something called Carlton yes and it was on Carlton but I don't know whether it, I don't know how. Obviously, it was on ITV, but maybe it's not an ITV decision. It's a Carlton decision. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, Did you get Carlton where you were? I get, I definitely had Carlton. I also had Meridian, so okay. I don't know if I had both. Yeah. But I definitely did have Carlton. I knew that. Yeah. And I, but I also had Meridian for sure. Okay. So maybe Carlton became Meridian. <laughs> no, no, Meridian was oh, certainly okay. different. Yeah, because we had to because. Meridian never had WCW. Did it not? No, because I'd have watched it because we had Meridian or yeah. whatever it was before Meridian. But I know I would watch WCW for sure. Yeah, so you'd have watched that, I think, on Carlton. Yeah, but I, but we definitely had Meridian also. Yeah, but that was all through ITV. Sort of like some hours of the day were programmed by Carlton, Yeah, it was a bit like uh, BBC still have it to this day, like news from Newsroom Southeast and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad was so excited when he worked out he could get all the news from Burnley. So he watched <laughs> he, the, he watched the sports. Yeah, he watched yeah. The sports news on that. Do you know what's intriguing? Like uh, when you uh, when you're watching HD, so BBC One HD, like when it gets to the, when it's the news, when it goes to the regional news, the channel just switches off. Oh yeah. It says we'll be back in a few moments or something. Oh okay. You'd think it would just play like a yeah, just whatever something yeah. Um. Anyway. They're the giants of American wrestling, thrilling millions of fans every week. They belong to two rival wrestling camps. I like the terminology. They're not a federation. They're not a league. They're a camp. They're a camp, yeah. Uh, the World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling. WCW has a Saturday afternoon slot on ITV. And WWF fights are scre- Do you know? I nearly said WWE. It's almost like after all these years, finally WWE's <laughs> in my psyche. That's finally there, yeah. yeah. The WWF fights are screened during the week on Sky. Both camps, again, too many words, too many camps now. Okay. Both camps boast horrible heroes, bone-crushing brutes, and muscle-ripping monsters. Here's our exclusive lowdown on who matches up against who in this terrifying clash of the titans. Okay. So you can, in fact, give an opinion on it. Okay, so yep. the first one says WCW's beautiful Bobby Eaton versus WWF's Mr. Perfect. Now, Daily Star, you're wrong because you actually got a picture of Ricky Morton. Instead of Bobby, Bobby Eaton. Eaton. Okay, I knew there was some sort of... So they've both got blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
So who is it? Uh, what am I guessing? Who, am I guessing who would so win? I'm asking who's better. Uh, beautiful uh, Bobby or Mr. Perfect? Choose one. It's got to be Mr. Perfect. It's got to be beautiful on. Bobby. Unbelievable! You're choosing beautiful Bobby over Mr. Perfect. Are you just trying to be different to me? Just trying to be different, I think. So is, is who's better who would win a match? Because that's way more fun. Is who would win? Well, they're both blue-eyed hunks whose biceps whip female fans into a frenzy. Oh, okay. I think they did mean. They must have meant Ricky Morton, surely, because I never thought of Beautiful Bobby as a hunk. Well, what name has he got? It says Beautiful Bobby, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it? does. It, it says is. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, yeah. So, oh, no, I'm getting lots of cracklies. Well, that's something to do with you, clearly. I've not moved. Well, it is, because you just moved your leg, and when you moved your leg, it that stopped. stopped. It's you. It's that cable. Look, you've just done it again. You've moved the cable. You've broken the cable. You sat there twiddling the cable. I've not twiddling the cable. Twiddling, twiddling the, the cable. Come on, let's go through some more fancy warfare. Okay, so, but um, the quotes are, um, it's interesting. I never thought of, be- I, I know you said it's in the name. I never thought of beautiful Bobby as a beautiful man or someone who was trying to portray that beautiful persona. But yet his quote here, again, probably not come up with him by him, was, I'm the most beautiful guy in the world. Yeah, I bet that's just, they're just making it up, aren't Mr. they? Mr. Perfect. I'm perfect I'm at the most everything perfect. I do. Yeah. Okay. The Boas. WCW's Johnny B. Bad and WWF's Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair. These guys flaunt their feathers and, and sparkles, but don't be fooled. So, do you know what uh, Johnny B. Bad... <laughs> Johnny B. Bad's boast is? Yeah. He's got matching boa and gold... Gold lame trunks. Oh. That's his uh that's his boast. Ric Flair's boast. I think it's LeMay, isn't it? Oh is it? I don't know. I think. Yeah. This is lame to me. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh Ric Flair's boast is he's the winner of nineteen ninety two WWF Royal Rumble. Oh, so I, know, that, I don't know what credential I'll be most proud <laughs> of. Yeah. The Biggins. WCW's Barry Windham and WWF's Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hogan. WWF have won every battle here, haven't they? But uh, they've used an interesting uh, picture of Barry Windham, like he's in taking part in Movember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like a joke. Yeah. Golden heads, golden boys of wrestling. Both are hero hunks. And uh, Barry Windham's boast is winning the US WCW Heavyweight Championship. And, w- and Hulk Hogan's boast is winning the legendary undisputed WWF championship. Well, Hulk Hogan again, yep. Because his championship's legendary. Um, then the final one, the Beasts. Sting versus the Ultimate Warrior. <sighs> That's a toughie, isn't it, really? Mm. So. Who are you going with? Who's your pick? Sting. Yeah, see, I want to say Sting. My heart's saying Sting, but my logical mind is saying the Ultimate Warrior. We'll go with Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Oh, but now I feel bad. I said it out yeah. loud. Yeah. Maybe I should say Sting. So, the write-up here says, who would be bold enough to say these? And it's interesting as well that Sting and the Ultimate Warrior are the two poster boys of this. Yeah. They're the two guys. Normally you think Hogan selected. Yeah, absolutely. But I think they've gone with Hogan and Barry Windham because they've both got the moustache and blonde hair. <laughs> oh, blonde, I yeah. think that's probably... And they're to them, they're, they're then thinking one's ripping off the other. Uh, yeah, and then it? they're looking at Sting and Warrior and they've both got face paint and yeah. muscles. 
So yeah, tag team partners split. Mr. Perfect and Beautiful Bobby, both like the blonde. Blood Brothers, weren't they? Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, Flair and Mero. Flair and Johnny be bad because they both have feather boas. Yeah. Um. So, who would be bold enough to say these wrestling giants hide behind their war paint to their opponents, their masks of terror? Are you going to make jokes about kissing and making up? That's interesting. Yeah. What a weird. <laughs> you, get, you can tell by this point, the writer's just like, I've had enough. <laughs> You're fed up writing the article, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Sting's boast is winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And, do you know what's amazing? Ultimate Warrior's boast. Go on. WWF begging him to return because they needed him. Really? Is that what it says? <laughs> That's what it says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they probably did. But it's just interesting. Yeah. And I, I would like to bet that they did actually feed that quote to him. So, do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, he fed that quote to them, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, so. if we're going to discredit the others, we have to discredit that as well, really. But Okay. But it like makes a good story, yeah. though, doesn't it? Yeah. He spoke to someone backstage at the Sheffield Arena. Yeah. Make sure you put that. Yeah, they begged me to come back here. (laughs) I didn't really want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and the timing of that, October 92. Yeah. Was it not gone? No, it was shortly after that. He was gone by Survivor Series, wasn't he? It was November. Oh, okay. Yes, he was, because he was advertised in the tag team match. With Razor and Mr. Perfect. Yeah. 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 No. It was Mr. Uh, Perfect, and Ric Flair, and Razor Ramon. Yeah, and Mr. Yeah. Perfect came in. Yeah, replaced a turned yeah. baby face. And Which was in brilliant. In, yeah. Couldn't believe my eyes when I was a kid. Yeah. In fact, I've looked that up on YouTube fairly recently. Why as don't well. you look it up on WWE Network? Because I don't think it's on the uh, primetime wrestling. Oh, okay. In 1992, I don't think that's up. So. Okay. I think so. Um. So cool. Should we stop there? Yep, okay. We're I think we've we've almost exhausted. We, there's still plenty more of the British Bulldog in here. Maybe we'll d- dedicate a whole Well, if you want to... I think what, the only way we could get another episode out of this scrapbook is if you listen to all the yeah. the previous episodes, write down the stories, and then we'll, we're, we're, we won't we randomly select. We could yeah. literally just... Yeah, could make know. sure we're doing the ones we haven't done. Yeah. yeah you could put some post-it notes in the pages which we haven't done. Oh, there is a bloody good one here. Look, I'm Pam's real man, you wimp. X loves taunt for Baywatch babe husband. Was that Shawn Michaels? Uh, wrestling's heartthrob. Shawn Michaels believe he should be the man in Pamela Anderson's bed. Is what the Daily Mirror told us everyone on May the 9th, 1995. And that was probably a big deal for WWF. I remember that being in the news, actually. Getting national coverage. In 95, yeah, probably time. was, yeah. And wasn't there like a thing where I might make this up, like Pamela Anderson was supposed to accompany someone to the ring and didn't because someone was jealous yeah or she was, was going out that Tommy Lee right? yeah and, and then jealous yeah I think that could or, be it. some element of truth that. is that story just feeding the is it all kayfabe fake yeah do you know what I mean yeah or maybe yeah so who knows anyway that'll do us for now won't it yep so thank you everyone for listening thanks for listening don't forget to follow me on Twitter B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z and Instagram B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z M O N Z one nine eight four. Okay, you just follow me at A Quilden A Q U I L D A N. My Instagram, I think, is Andy Quilden Q U I L D A N. I've got one of those surnames when the second you say it, you have to spell it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like without even thinking about it, it's like, what's your name, Andy Quilden Q U I L D A N. I feel like Q U I L D A N is actually 
my name. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> my name's Quilden, Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. <laughs> Mr. Quilden, Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. <laughs> well, Simmons could, could be spelled a multitude of ways as well. Yeah, you've D and a Y. And you confirm that you confuse the matter with your Z and S, don't you? Well, I'm Z on everything, pretty much. But my real name is S. Confuse that tax man. <laughs> I'll never get caught again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's shooting. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, cheers. We'll speak to you again next week. Oh, I'm on holiday next week. Oh, we'll have to do What are we going to do? Skype. I d- yeah, but it's my equipment, mate. I can't take my equipment on holiday with me. <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, I just found another page full of stuff. We're going to have to... Uh, Look at this one's about Macho Man. Maybe Slam Jang. Oh, actually, no, we can. I go on Thursday. I do? Yeah. So that's all right. We can have. We will be back next week. Okay. But we may have to record two episodes next week. Yeah. Or we could use the one we got banked. Well, we've still got to record an opening. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. We don't want people to know that we're banking episodes either, really. Live is much better than taped. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, we continue this argument off air. And we'll speak to you again next week. Goodbye. Oh, I just found a wicked one. <laughs>